Welcome to another episode of Ballin' in VA. And today I have a very, very special guest. I got one of the sponsors, the main sponsors of Ballin' in VA. Today I got my man, Dr. O, in the house the, from the 804. What's happening, Doc? All right, man. Blessings, bro. Appreciate you having me. Man, I appreciate you, man. You know, I just want to say, like I told you off air, I want to say thank you for everything that you've done for me, man. Um, you coming in here just being a blessing, being able to be able to get these guys, these guys who watch me, be able to go to their schools and their outlets to be able to do this, man. Um, this is something that I wanted to do that I didn't think I was going to do. So I just want to thank you so much for Marset Media and Ball of the VA. First of all, so I thank you for being here. And thank you, Keechwan. Thank you, Tone. I appreciate that, too. <laughs> so, um, how's it been, man? It's been good, man. Let me just say, I've seen everything you've been doing in mm -hmm. the community. I've seen the impact it has on people at large. Mm -hmm. And it's just my pleasure to be involved. Okay. It, really, it really is. I'm kind of new to the area. Okay. You know, three years in the 804. Okay. And, um, you know, instantly I've seen what a huge impact youth sports has here. Oh, it's huge here. Incredible. It's incredible. Yep. And I want to shout out my man, Linwood Johnson from Rich City. He in the house today, man. So I want to shout him out and appreciate him being patient with us. Said that he, he off camera, but he here. So that's your shout him out. But, um, yeah, when it comes to youth sports, man, I, I tell you, I had to learn this too, Doc. Um I'm from the high school level. I've just coached at the middle school, high school level. But when it comes to youth sports, that's where Linwood and Rodney Leapers and the Keetwans, mm -hmm. those guys coming at the Robert Puka Scots, mm -hmm. those guys who are big in the community, the Coach Q's, those are the guys that we need to kind of tap into because on that East End, which they call it Beast End over there, <laughs> those guys are doing some big things. And we got so many athletes over there that I think, like I said, that definitely can use your help. And that's what we're going to talk about today because I think the information, the, the, the financial literacy, literacy and also the sports health, this is what they want to learn today. So parents, coaches, everybody listen up because I'm going to even get a lesson today too. So <laughs> we're going to do this thing. But, yeah, so – you say you've been here three years, Doc. Uh, where did you come from originally? Yeah, so, you know, I grew up mostly in South Lake, Texas, near Dallas. Okay. I went to Duke for college and med school. Oh, boo. Yeah. <laughs> I, right? I, it's haters when you're on top, bro. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, y'all got us this year, man. Carolina, you right. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't hate, man. Y'all doing your thing, man. Yeah, man. And then I uh, did my residency at Duke. My orthopedic surgery residency was at Duke. Okay. And then I went to New York to do a uh, fellowship in sports medicine. Okay. So I trained under Dr. Riley Williams, who's the head doctor for the Brooklyn Nets. Okay. So that's like my, my mentor, my go-to. Okay. And then from there, I moved here. He kind of helped connect the job down here. Really? At Ortho, Virginia. And okay. It kind of went like that. Yeah. Wow. You know, and, and the thing about it, when you think about New York, how everything, how sports is big there. Mm -hmm. And I'm surprised that people take pride in our state here in Virginia because I'm like, like, we big, but I'm thinking, like, Virginia, I'm thinking maybe Florida. Uh, like I said, you, you lived in Texas, so I'm like, they recommended us, man. That's 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 what's up. But um, when you um, – we talked off air, and you talked about the the schooling. Kind of give us a, the background of how everything started from you. I know you said you started in Charlotte as well, right? Yeah, I was born in Charlotte. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Yeah, kind of give us – kind of start from there and kind of work our way up, and then we can kind of just kind of – Pick and choose. So, you start. You went to high school in Charlotte, North Carolina. No, in uh, South Lake, Texas. South Lake, Texas. Yeah, yeah. Then, 
you moved to North Carolina at some point, right? For Duke, yeah. For Duke, exactly. okay. Okay. Exactly. Now, this is where I kind of got blown away. You did four years of college. Right. Four years of med school, of, of grad school. That's right. Then you had plus five years of residency. That's right, yeah. Look. Yeah, bro, it was a journey. I'm blessed to be on this side of it. <laughs> yeah, man. And, and how old are you, Doc? They're almost 35. Turned 35 in June. Man, so when you started when you was 10? I know, right? <laughs> I've been in school my whole life, bro, pretty much. Yeah, and I'm going to say, man, you, your, your wife and everything, I'm like, man, like, when do you have a social time for a social life? Like, It's, it's hard, man. It's hard. So I met my wife at Duke in college. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Matter of fact, I'll never forget it because it was the night Obama was elected. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we were in the Black Cultural Center on campus. Okay. And we were both, you know, trying to do some work, and we just happened to sit next to each other. Okay. And we just hit it off from there, and that was it. Wow. So she's hung me by me for the whole, you know, journey. That's good, because somebody who's actually going with you that's in that field, so she yeah. understands. Oh, yeah. You know, versus somebody on the outside that you just may have met just casually it can be kind of difficult for them to kind of go through that. Oh, yeah. My wife's my day one, man. Okay. Help me down from the beginning. Shout out to your wife, Of man, course. You know? Yeah, so big shout out wife. to Noel. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So um, let's go into, let's just kind of go into why we're here today. You want to talk about, like, sports health. Yeah. So kind of go into that, Doc, and just let everybody know why you're here today. Oh, yeah, my pleasure. So I'll start with my specialty. Orthopedic surgery is a kind of a broad subjects but if you really break it down it's the science of movement okay get, let's let's let it be yeah, broke yeah get people back to movement okay. is our passions what we do right okay and it breaks down the different parts of the body right so different joints knees shoulder ankle back all those things play a role mm -hmm. and so a surgeon can be kind of involved in those different parts and my part is sports medicine mm -hmm. you know specifically knees shoulder and hip okay so movement to me is life it's everything it's it's freedom Right. Without movement, there's really nothing you, you can do. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think very much so there's almost like a discrepancy or a disparity in who gets access to the best care as it comes to movement. Mm -hmm. So if you take sports in particular, right, you look at sports, sports does so much for communities. Right. Right. Sports creates opportunity. Sports gets people to the next level. It creates jobs you know, what have you, the next level. It gets you to college. If you play professional, fine. But if not that, it got you the opportunity to do what you got to next. Right. Right afterwards. We've seen so much growth in athletes taking autonomy over their lives, be it through financial literacy, mm -hmm. NIL, the transfer portal. I know it's controversial, but I mean, yeah. but I mean, to some aspect, there's some autonomy there that wasn't there before, if you like. But so many different things have come into play in terms of athletes' autonomy. Mm -hmm. What I want to make sure is being told is protecting your number one asset, which is your health. That's right. Right. Because from there stems all other aspects of really your existence. Everything else comes after that. Your ability to play, your ability to live a life after the sport's over. Mm -hmm. And I see too many athletes who really don't have access either to care or to the knowledge of care. Right. Mm -hmm. To take care of themselves or demand the care they deserve. Mm -hmm. So really my goal, you know, I have my practice and what have you, but my passion, my goal is to get that information and knowledge out. Right. That understanding that this is your number one asset. This is this is you, you think about you look at your stocks, you look at your investments, mm -hmm. you look at your health before all that, because none of that matters. No, it doesn't. Otherwise, yeah. Can you let everybody know what uh, where is your practice located? 
Yeah. So uh, can you just recite that for everybody? Yeah. So I'm at seven uh, seven eight five eight uh, Schrader Road. Okay. All right. Over there in the West End. And that's Ortho the Virginia. Uh, the Ortho Virginia. That's right. Yep. And my son worked there for, for about a year. Yeah. Yeah. After he got out of school. So, but um, also um, I want to say first off, I want to go back to shout out to Keytwan. I heard about you last year. Um, at Keetwan's uh, camp that he had for the kids. Yeah. And it was like, Dr. O, Dr. O, Dr. O. I was like, who is Dr. O? I was like, and Malik was like, oh, man, Dr. O is this, 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 this. And I was like, well, you know, hopefully I get to meet him one day. <laughs> yeah. But I think, what, and I want to kind of go back to that, um, Dr. O wants to let the community know how big health is in the community. And let me kind of break that down. A lot of misinformation has gone out here. We was out here talking earlier about like knee injuries, like uh, Wood was talking about earlier that you may have a some may have a knee sprain. I mean, he could be diagnosed with a knee sprain that may be what like two weeks, but later on come to find out that he may have a torn ACL. Mm -hmm. So can you go into how is that misdiagnosed for people? Because I'm sure that some people who be watching this can relate to that. Oh, absolutely. And I've seen it myself at my clinic, right? Okay. I, I've had patients who I did their ACL surgery mm -hmm. who were trying to play for eight months on a torn ACL. Now, that's a devastating injury, and that should never happen, right? Wow. How are they able to move like that, though? I mean... Well, that's the funny thing about it. So that's where the misconceptions come in, to your point, right? Okay. So you can walk with your ACL torn. Right. And so people get the idea like, oh, I can walk. You know, I can, I'm fine. I can get moving. No problem. Mm -hmm. It's when you try to do that cutting pivoting. When you try to take off explosively, it's when you're going to notice your knee is unstable Okay. from that ACL. So, yeah, we're talking about ACLs. People talk about that a lot. It's a common injury. Mm -hmm. You see it in the news a lot. So we can stay on that, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the anterior cruciate ligament. It holds your tibia, your shin bone on top okay. from sliding forward. Right? Okay. And so when it's torn, you have more translation of that tibia than you should. Okay. All right. And that's where you feel that instability, like the knee gives way when, right. you, when you try to take off. Right? So the first thing they do, like you see a doctor come over on the sideline, they just kind of move your knee like that that's and automatically right. they say, I'm like, how y'all just do that just by touching the knee? That's right. Yes. That test is called the Lockman exam. And so okay. they're coming in, you might see it exactly on mm -hmm. a, at a game, right? You see the mm -hmm. doctor come in and pull on that shin bone like this. And if mm -hmm. it slides too far, mm -hmm. they start thinking, oh, well, it might have been torn. Mm -hmm. So where the disconnect occurs, right, is a lot of people, especially people in our community, mm -hmm. don't get their injuries taken seriously by providers. Okay. And don't always have the knowledge to ask the next question mm -hmm. to get what you need, all right? Mm -hmm. So first time you injure your knee, you probably get an x-ray wherever you go. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. The x-ray is a good idea to make sure it's not broken, right? All right. But knowing the x-ray only shows the bone. Okay. okay. It only shows the bone. It doesn't show any ligaments, anything like that, just the bone. Right. So you've established you're not broken. And so what might happen from that point for some individuals is they'll be told, okay, nothing's broken. It's just a sprain going on about your business. Right. Right. And that's normally just by your family doctor normally, right? Family doctor or urgent care, emergency room. Right. Something like that. Okay. Right? And so what happened to the young man that I'm talking about in his situation, that mm -hmm. same thing occurred. He was told it was a sprain, mm -hmm. but he was allowed to keep playing. But everyone, especially his mom, was noticing... He's limping when he's running around. He can't jump like he used to. I mean, this kid be jumping out the gym naturally, okay. right? And so he's not jumping like he used to. He's not taking off. And, you know, nobody's really saying anything. The athletic trainer on the, on the side is not really saying anything. So if, effectively, eventually, mom advocated for, for him and said, I want an MRI done. Mm. MRI shows more. It shows the soft tissue, the ligaments, the meniscus, right? Mm -hmm. It shows all the rest of the x-ray won't show. 
And that's when the ACL was found. So do you think off back, should MRI be done first or just like a regular x-ray? Well, that's a good question. So it's funny about that because most insurances won't let you get an MRI without an x-ray. Okay. So an x-ray is a good initial screening test, right? Right. But, and you may not need an MRI right the immediate second, mm -hmm. but if things aren't getting better, right? If you're not getting better, you're still limping, you're still not getting around, even after it's been some time to rest, mm -hmm. that's when it's time to start, start thinking about maybe we should get an MRI, mm -hmm. right? So would you think, say that for a parent, should they automatically go see a, a sports physician first? Because a lot of times, like people in our community, they're thinking, let me just go to that family practice. Right. Like I told you, I did. I had sport uh, Achilles tendonitis. And they was checking, and the first thing they said, oh, you look like you had a splinter in your heel with the x-ray showing up. I was like, but that's, I don't know how they said, how long has been there? I'm like, that's, I'm in pain. Right, right. And they sent me and, and went through that, and they said, well, um, just just come back next week. And I said, you know what, let me just call somebody, go right. to a sports, you know, physician. Because, and at that point, you know, doctors, Dr. Reese touched it, and he said, man, look, it's inflamed. Mm -hmm. Like, huh? <laughs> So, yeah, so like I said, but that's, again, the misconception or the misinformation right. that we don't have because right. we don't know. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, everybody's good at what they're good at, right? Mm -hmm. So I did my specialty or my residency in orthopedic surgery in the sports medicine, right? Mm -hmm. Your family medicine doctor did, you know, a residency in family medicine. So they're good at that. I'm not, right? Right. So you have a sports injury. You know, if you're able to probably go see the person who specialized in sports, mm -hmm. you know, rather than going around the way. Now, the caveat there is that some insurances will require you to see your primary care for a referral first. Right. And that's a little bit of where that taking control of your financial situation comes in. Right. You need to have full understanding of what your insurance policy is. Right. So you know where you can go, what you can do, what you need first. Mm -hmm. But these days, a lot of insurance policies will allow you to go straight to specialty care. Right. Right. Okay. So if you, you know, have an injury, let's say your knee again, right, mm -hmm. and you have a big swollen knee, hurts, there's no point in really spending time going through the family medicine route, right? If you are able to, mm -hmm. you know, go ahead and, you know, have the specialist see it, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, because most people, you know, everybody's not affluent enough to be able to go do that, mm -hmm. you know? And again, for me, this happened to me when I was, this is about three years ago. Mm -hmm. So for me, I didn't even know. Like right. as a grown man, I didn't even know that, okay, let me go see a sports physician to do that. I'm just thinking, hey, my heel hurts. Yeah. I can't, you know, put a shoe on. So, you know, what's going on? And it just yeah. happened all of a sudden. Right. So um inflammation causes a lot of this stuff. So let's can you go into like how much damage inflammation can kind of plays into this as well? Yeah, for sure. So you know, inflammation is the body's, you know, reaction into an injury. Mm -hmm. Think of it that way, okay? okay? And actually, a lot of healing actually starts off as inflammation, mm -hmm. which is quite painful. So what you're looking at is the, the cells that kind of build up and break down, mm -hmm. you know, they go to the area in question, assuming that there's an injury. Those cells end up bringing a lot of fluid and a lot of blood and all these things that make it to hurt, you know, mm -hmm. it gets to hurt. Uh, what happens when you have long-standing inflammation, like an Achilles tendonitis, right. right, is that that cycle starts and it doesn't break, okay. right? And sometimes that happens just because, sometimes it happens because the area got injured, mm -hmm. but isn't given time to rest. And it becomes a cycle. The body keeps on sending the same signals to that same area. Okay. And you used to keep feeling those feelings over and over again. Mm -hmm. So that's where inflammation can become, you know, counterproductive, even though it has a good function naturally. And that's where you was earlier, we off air, we was talking about the, the brain function. That's right. It kept telling them, telling your body, the body's used to doing certain things. Yeah. So it's just going to just keep, 
over and over and over and over and over. Okay, yeah, okay. Exactly. Well, okay. Well, you know, this is a lesson for me because, like I said, I'm learning all this stuff and everything like that. Um, where did I want to go? Oh, I, I know what I wanted to ask you um, before we get into the deep thing. Um, I know it's going to be kind of off topic, everybody. On topic, but off topic. I was talking to you about, um, right before we started, uh, Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. Um, where Stephen A. mentioned that he should just retire because he has a sprained knee and being a, a sprained meniscus. Mm-hmm. And for somebody who went through the injuries that Kawhi had, I'm not sure if you're familiar with some of his injury mm-hmm. history. Um, can you break down for some of us who don't know like what somebody like Kawhi could be going through since he's like that central figure for uh, the Los Angeles Clippers? Like what he like, what would his prognosis be going forward? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, you know, it's tough. ACL tears, you know, his first injury. And meniscus tears are huge problems to the knee, right? They have long-term effects on everything. Then he had that quad. And he had the quad issue, yeah. Okay. So all those things affect your mobility, you know, the way the body moves. And it can be hard to recover those same movement patterns you had beforehand. Mm-hmm. So you might see even when someone comes back for something that's serious, they don't come back at the same level necessarily. Mm-hmm. Now to say he needs to retire, I mean, I don't know. That's that's a little bit of ESPN magic, I guess. I don't know. Right. Right. Okay. I, I mean, okay. They, they they need to create controversies so they can, right. yeah. So you, you right. watch watch the clips, right? But mm-hmm. uh, but certainly some an injury of that magnitude could have long term, you know, effects. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and everybody ages, father time is undefeated, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, the time may come when it becomes too much, but I don't. I think it's a little early to count him out right now. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, like I said, I mean, you see, he he's he's always resting. Mm-hmm. So is that? So if he has his own medical team, and then he has the Clippers. The Clippers medical team says one thing, mm-hmm. but then he has his own personal medical team says one thing. Where does the balance lie? Because he's saying, "I'm just just." rest he's resting mm-hmm. but of course this is a business i guess the team wants him out there so there's times where the teams kind of i know you probably can't speak so much to that but they kind of push you out there kind of what we were saying earlier when you not 100 percent healed well i think i don't know that any team really you know forces that issue because they also don't want to see you out there not playing well right even from strictly a business perspective right they they want to sell tickets and people want to come see Kawhi Leonard or whoever play mm-hmm. at their maximum optimal spot. Right. So while, I mean, I think there might be that kind of undercurrent of, you know, when you coming back, when you're going to play. Right. Cause I mean, they're also incentivized to see you come back a hundred percent. Right. Yeah. So I think where it can become maybe kind of a mismatch in some situations, I can't speak to his specifically mm-hmm. is that, you know, he, of course, has the people he trusts from a medical standpoint. Mm-hmm. But the organization has their you know, specific setup. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, he, he really should have the autonomy to seek medical attention from whoever he trusts, right? Right. So it becomes a question of communication on both sides, right? How well are the Clippers or the organization's people talking with his people? And I don't know the answer to that. Right. Um, but that's where, the, that's where the hiccups sometimes can come up. In that kind of situation, because it almost seemed like it's kind of fear based, yeah. where he just said, "You know what? If they may say two weeks, he Kawhi might take six months." <laughs> <laughs> so that's just yeah, typically what he does, and I guess it's all mental. I guess from that point, I'm, I'm guessing because I'm like, well, 
where, where I'd be confused at is why one medical team says this amount, and these are high-level professionals, mm -hmm. and versus someone else who has his own individual team, and they're telling him to kind of do something else. So that's where all of that kind of come in for us regular people who are just watching the ESPN magic and all that <laughs> other stuff, which is trying to get an understanding. So while you were here, you know, somebody that's in that field, I just kind of wanted to know stuff like that. For sure. Um, but yeah, but um, going back to, to again, the original stuff like that, um, can you tell us a little bit what went into your residency? Like as far as like the the work for let's say for instance for you may have somebody who wants to kind of go into this field. Yeah. Can you kind of go into what all entails into that after met like regular four year college, but kind of start from the grad school to the residency part, so people kind of yeah. understand it because that was very interesting. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So you know you finish college, you know medical school is graduate school. It's four years long. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a mixture of book work. You know, just learning the basics about the body and different medicines and how it works. Mm -hmm. But then, kind of the second half, I would say the second two years, you're more so focusing on learning. You know how to treat people. So you're more so going around with doctors and working on their teams and understanding how, you know, taking an increasing amount of responsibility. Mm -hmm. So you get to the end of med school and you um, apply for residency. And um, residencies are kind of divided up based on specialty. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's orthopedic surgery. It could be neurosurgery. It could be dermatology. It could be family medicine. Right? Mm -hmm. And um, there's actually politics about that too. So certain specialties, the ones that are popular, Mm -hmm. If your scores on on point, if you're not tight, you're not you're not going to get in. And these scores are based off the, I guess the performance surgeries that you have to do. Is that what yeah? Well, how you how you performed when you were working with surgeons, okay, or other doctors during med and school, and they grade you, and they grade you. That's right. Okay. And then um, your book work, your your test taking, that kind of thing. So all that kind of just like you know any other school, all that goes into your resume, what have you, and then. When you apply for residency, that's part of your packet, and then they review it, and then you choose, right? Mm -hmm. So um, you apply to residency, you go there, right? So residency is funny because it's it's school, but it's not. Oh. So you're you're learning your specialty, but you're also an employee of the hospital you're at. Right? Okay. So the way it kind of works is there are there are surgeons or doctors who are fully fledged, right? Professors, so to speak, right? Mm -hmm. They work at said hospital, and they're supposed to be teaching you how to do the field. But kind of the trade-off, so to speak, is since you're also a hospital employee, you handle some of the things they don't really want to handle. Oh. So, so you might be on call, like staying overnight in the hospital hand, handling emergencies. Well, they'll be at home, sleep, and you call them if you have a question. You, you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that's the that's kind of the trade-off. That's how residency goes. Do they answer? <laughs> yeah, we <yeah. laughs> Oh, man. Usually, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, man. <laughs> I might not, you know, like, yeah, they, they might. That's where the politics come in. That's, too, yeah, right? that's politics. That's everything, of course, right? So, yeah, with, so with that, you know, you start off, you know, it's five years. Residency is five years for me. So you start off really just watching them. And as the five years go along, you're increasingly given more responsibility. Mm -hmm. So by the time you get to the end, the expectation is you can do the surgery and they're there to answer questions if you need. Mm -hmm. Right. And then from there you go on. So total years of schooling for your profession is how long? Usually? So, yeah. So if you take college four and then four years from med school, it's eight, five years for residency, 13. And I did my extra fellowship in sports medicine. So that was 14 years of training. So, so you're right. You'd be about 35. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, hey. that, man, look for those who 
have an idea and you think you might want to get into this stuff, partying can't be a part of your <laughs> MO because you ain't gonna have no life, man. I, I don't I'm telling you, man, we yeah, you gotta be very special to kind of do something like this, man. It took a I mean, you know, it took a lot of blessings, man. A lot of people in my corner mm-hmm. and a lot of mentors, you know, who made it happen, you know, mm-hmm. who I wouldn't be here without. And do like for scholarships and stuff like this. I know I'm sure it's costly for all the schooling you have to pay. You're going like 12 years of school mm-hmm. on on top of that, man. Uh, I guess it works the same way. Better your grades are, you get more scholarships. That's right. You don't have to kind of pay for this stuff like this. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Wow. Um, what I guess I ask you another question. What would be? I guess I know what you're gonna say, but top medical schools. Uh, you got Duke, you got yeah. UCLA, um, that would be one. Um, I guess what would be the top s- schools that's in the, in our country that 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 you was? I guess I guess you can't say. Maybe you can. Oh, I can. Okay, okay, oh, yeah. yeah I know you're a Dukey first, but you know. Oh well, well, wait a minute. I went to school there, but you know, my loyalty is to <laughs> whoever's doing the best work. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. all right, okay, okay. We'll put it out there. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah. So I mean. There's different ways to rank, you know, mm-hmm. what have you, right? So you can rank them based off research, you rank them based off prestige of the name, mm-hmm. or based off impact, you know, social impacts, right? So you have your Duke, your Harvard, your Yale, your Stanford. Their name is always going to be prominent, right? right? When it comes to medical. When it comes to medical, yeah. Mm-hmm. What about John Hopkins? And John Hopkins, right. Okay. Those are all names that are going to come up. But then you also got to think about people who have actually, you know, impact on, on people. So there are three medical schools um, associated with historically black colleges and universities. Okay. Right? So it's Morehouse, Meharry, and Howard are those three medical schools. Okay. I see. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't put Morehouse in there, so I guess that's ignorant. I would knew Howard, but I didn't mm-hmm. know Morehouse. Yeah. I learned something today. Yeah, so those are the three. And so, you know, that wasn't my situation, but a very large amount of African-American doctors come from those three institutions, right, in this wow. nation, right? And if even if you hadn't come from there, my mentors, many of them did. Right? Okay. Somehow affiliated with them, right? So, the influence they have on our community's health is enormous, mm. right? So, you got to think about that impacts too when, right. you're, when you're ranking. Now, that's not necessarily not necessarily how the magazines rank, right? Right, but, right, right. That's that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. But you know, at a certain point, I think we need to value what we value, right? Mm-hmm. And say, hey, this is what's important to us. No, you know you're absolutely yeah. right. You know, because like it's a lot of stuff that's put in front of us. It's like I said, it's TV driven, magazine mm-hmm. driven. Mm-hmm. But again, if you don't really do the research on that, you know, and I know I'm ignorant to that, been 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 there, um, you don't know. Yeah. So that's why I said, you know, um, it's that's your slogan, you know. So I just wanted to kind of get some information on that yeah. and kind of help people understand that. But um, you also want to talk about the financial literacy part as well, too. I mean, we talked about that on the phone. Yeah. Like, you want to kind of go into to that as well? Um, what information did you have to kind of get that kind of ties into everything that you kind of want to p- pass out to the community? Yeah, yeah. So a lot of that financial literacy has to do with healthcare in particular. Okay. Um, so, you know, one of the big hangups or confusions, right, related to healthcare is insurance. There we go. Okay. Insurance. Insurance. It's the big dog. And, you know, I spent a lot of my day fighting insurance to try to get people what they need to get. Mm-hmm. And it's frustrating. It's frustrating. But um, many people have their insurance through their job. Right. Other people have it through Medicaid. Some people have it through the healthcare exchange mm-hmm. and what have you. So the important thing that everyone should understand about their insurance is they are the gatekeeper 
to you getting to where you need to get to. That right? is true. They are, all right? And so a part of your financial journey needs to be to understand what exactly it is they'll pay for or won't pay for, the details of your policy. Mm -hmm. And that's all available to you. And people don't realize that. If you call your insurance and you ask them, hey, what's the policy on for me to see a specialist, for me to go to emergency room care, mm -hmm. I mean, whatever, they have to tell you that. Okay. That's all information that's for you, right? Right. So you keep that information, now you know, and now you can budget, budget right? Right. For emergencies, all right? I need this much to be able to comfortably go to the emergency room based on my insurance, mm -hmm. right? Or even take it the next step further, if heaven forbid I have to have surgery for some reason. This is what's budgeted in my insurance for surgical care, all right? And I need to think about that. What some people also don't realize is a lot of insurances come with a deductible, right? right. The amount that you have to pay before they will cover anything. Mm -hmm. Increasingly, insurances have a high deductible right. with a lower premium. So you feel, you know, month to month, you're paying less, right? Right. right? So it helps your budget that way. Mm -hmm. But should something happen, in a lot of cases, if you have one of these high deductible plans, they're paying close to nothing in the beginning. Mm -hmm. you're, you're paying for it. Right. The, the majority of things. So that's where things like if you have access to it, a health savings account, mm -hmm. right, it can be huge, right? So that's someone that's taking pre-tax, mm -hmm. right, out of your um, your payroll, what have you, right? Mm -hmm. And it can even be invested, right, into stocks, bonds, mutual funds, whatever. It can be okay. to build its value wow. over time. Okay. And so a lot of people don't realize this. So take a close look at your options through your employer or what have you, right, and see if that's available to you because that's an option. To start investing, you can build, you know, the um, the value of that account, right? And now you're holding that aside for a rainy day. Wow, I see. I didn't know that. Right. Didn't, didn't know that part of it. Like, how does it translate to over the stocks and bonds? I mean, I guess for me, because I, I didn't really know that. Yeah, so based on your policy, and it's different for everybody, right? Mm -hmm. There'll be a baseline amount you have to have as a minimum in said um, health savings account, right? Right. Right. So once you get over the amounts, right, if you choose, you can take the excess and you can invest that. Okay. And you can invest that, you know, usually they'll have some kind of mechanism like through the website or whatever. You can choose the investments and, and what have you. Mm -hmm. And they'll literally, just like you invest in anything else, any account, you can invest in different, you know, uh, funds, no, whatever, stocks or whatever. Here, right. Exactly. Right, right. And then should you need it, you can pull back. No, it's, just, you know, it's stocks and bonds, right? So, right. I mean, you are liable to lose right. too right yep. so you got to think about that you know it's yep. not all it doesn't always go upwards it doesn't always go your way right yeah it right. fluctuates exactly exactly but you know really looking at things like that because that's a whole nother pot of money right financially that can help you in a tight situation mm -hmm. and a lot of employers will have that as an option you know as it relates to your um to your health care mm -hmm. so you know I, I think really what it comes down to is really taking ownership and understanding what exactly is the options that you have you have access to, mm -hmm. right? And then you can, you know, then take it from there. Another thing, so some insurances will only allow you to see certain providers. Yeah, why is that? Well, that comes down to negotiations that happen on the back end, right? Okay, yeah, right. Right, so any given um, healthcare provider, be it Ortho Virginia or a hospital system or whichever, mm -hmm. right? They negotiate with insurance companies and they say, to provide this service, we want you to pay this and back and forth, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes those negotiations just don't work out. In that situation, a, a carrier may say, you know, an insurance carrier might say, we're not really going to work with XYZ Healthcare Group or vice versa, mm -hmm. right? So this doctor's office might say, well, we're not going to accept said insurance because we couldn't negotiate something that worked. Uh, yeah, yeah, crazy, right? It's all politics and money, yeah. man. It's all politics and money. So, you know, and that's also information that's available to you, 
right? Okay. So if you know the specifics of your healthcare policy, mm-hmm. right, and you look up a doctor, like it says on the internet, mm-hmm. no, this doctor can accept X, Y, Z insurance. Right. Right. And so you now know, you know, you can know that beforehand. You don't have to wait until the emergency, mm-hmm. right? You can plot out, like, I know these are doctors that are in my network, right? Right, right. Right. And I can see them if it ever comes up, right? So that's where that, you know, taking control of the health situation really comes into into focus. Yeah, because y'all seen a lot of times you have people, like, you can have a doctor that's in your network, mm-hmm. and then sometimes you're not even notified that all of a sudden they don't even carry your doctor anymore. Then mm-hmm. you have to pay the out-of-network right. cost because you right. trust or familiar with that doctor. Right. And I don't understand how just insurance is just able to just make that change all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And then you'll say, okay, well, you, we notified you. We sent you a letter. Like, no, you didn't. We right. didn't get anything. Yeah. So yeah. that's where you guys come in, where you have to go back and fight for us. And say, well, I've been seeing patient mm-hmm. A, B, C. That's right. You know, and it was like, well, uh, I, I just, just don't understand that. How are they able to just do that? It's because they hold the money, man. It's because he who has the gold makes the rules, right? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, yeah, that's the old yeah. saying. Yeah, they got wow. the money, man. So, I mean, at some point in time, we tied healthcare insurance to your employer, which is unfortunate, but that's what it is now, mm-hmm. right? And so you're paying out of your paycheck every month, right? And then, right. But also, in, in a lot of cases, the employer is also paying a portion. Probably paying a portion of that. That's right. And so insurance companies, well, they, you know, their claim is that they're here to help you, you know, get well, right? They're privately owned entities. Right. These are companies, right? Right. They're here to get rich. That's right. They, their primary concern is to um, service their shareholders. Mm-hmm. You're not the customer. You're the product. Right. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're trying to receive as much as they can and pay out as little as possible. Right. So like for me, right? So I see someone in clinic, in my clinic, you know, just for a consultation, my knee hurts, what have you, right? Mm-hmm. And so after the end, I write a note. You might have seen notes from your doctor, right? And I mm-hmm. say, yeah, this is what's happening. This is what I think we should do. I want to order this test. I don't want to order this test, right? Mm-hmm. What you don't realize is that after that, I submit that documentation, right, to the insurance to be paid for or whatever, or to get approval, for instance, for an MRI or for surgery. Mm-hmm. So what happens next? They run it through a system that is looking for any little thing wrong that they can find so they can say denied. Boom. Oh, Wow. They're looking for one little I, not daughter. Yeah, one little T, they don't not want to pay. Anything they can think of, right? And so insurance denies this. So you need an MRI. Insurance denies it. This happened to me last week, all right? Okay. Young lady dislocated her shoulder. I said, okay, well, we need to look at the soft tissue in her shoulder because she dislocated it and make sure it's not damaged. Mm-hmm. We need an MRI. Insurance said denied. So then what happens is it goes to what's called a peer-to-peer where I have to talk to another doctor on the phone mm-hmm. and explain to them why she needs this MRI. Right, right, right. So I get on the phone with the doctor and he's like, okay, so what happened? Why she need the MRI? And I said, she dislocated her shoulder in her sleep. And he said, oh, well, that makes sense. It's approved. All right? So they're just trying to get me to not call. Right. They're just trying to make it as hard as possible so I give up mm-hmm. and don't call, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to do that. Right. right. She needs she needs it. She needs I'm not going to do it. But they're trying to if they so imagine, you know, if I see 40 patients in a day, if insurance tries to do that for, for half of those, right? Mm-hmm. That's 25 minute phone calls, right? I gotta make for peer-to-peer, right? So they're, they're just trying to create roadblocks, right, to keep me from doing it. They don't really believe it. you saw the second I called and explained to him, he understood, right? Right. But they're just saying, let's make it as hard as possible so that people just don't try. Right. And then they give up. Yeah, because they want you to pay out of pocket anyway. So, yeah. you know, uh, man. Yeah. Boy, 
Yeah, it's tough, man. Yeah, so now we understand why the doctor visits be so called. I got a 10 o'clock appointment. Mm-hmm. I might not see you to 10 30, 10 45, because mm-hmm. you might be on a call 25 right. minutes trying to get approved for, for the last person. stuff like that. That's right. That's right. Oh, okay. I'd be like, okay, you sitting there waiting and it's like waiting, waiting, What's waiting. Going What's on? going on? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A lot of that time is spent fighting insurance. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. I, I got another question, too. They say, for instance, like uh, one of my mechanics, he had. Um, play baseball mm-hmm. but he works as a mechanic and he wanted to have surgery but they told him to go see a massage therapist because I guess they wanted to kind of and again I'm probably butchering it but this is just kind of what he had to go through before they wanted to do surgery right why do they recommend stuff like that you know I guess mm-hmm. I hope you kind of follow what I'm saying oh exactly I know exactly what you're saying so in a lot of surgical situations they want you to try everything conservative you know, first, everything else that could possibly work, mm-hmm. which I agree, I agree with to an extent, right? Mm-hmm. So, because there are a lot of things that can be treated without surgery mm-hmm. that we do treat it with surgery. So, mm-hmm. there are tears in the shoulder that we can do physical therapy for, mm-hmm. right? That you can strengthen the muscles around and then get better, and that could be it. Mm-hmm. That's true. So, a lot of times they want to see that you can even, you know, if you can do it first, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that makes sense medically for us, right? Because you don't want to be cutting on everybody. Right. So you want to make sure you're cutting on people who need to be cut on. Right. Right. And then from them, you know, on their standpoint, they pay less money if you do physical therapy or massage therapy than if you have surgery. Right. Yeah. They don't, they don't want to pay it out. They don't want to pay for surgery. Right. Because right. right? it's expensive. Right. Now, the problem where that can get, you know, let's say annoying. Right. Is that everybody's situation is not the same. Right. So I'll give you an example. I had one young man, hockey player, injury to his hip. Ooh. All right. So that's one of my specialties to fix injuries to the hip surgery. Okay. Yeah. So he did some physical therapy, tried to get back on the ice. First time he got back on was stumbling and falling. Okay. I said, okay, well, we need to fix this. It's not working. Well, we try. Insurance denies it the first time around. Mm-hmm. Calls me up for the peer to peer. Doc gets on the phone and he says, well, he did physical therapy, but it hasn't been six weeks. I said, look, we did it. What's the point of me doing two more weeks? We know what's not working. Right. Eventually, dude agreed with me. But that's right. that same thing, just creating that roadblocks, mm-hmm. right? So they just create all these little policies that are constantly shifting. Well, it was six weeks. Now it's eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Well, it hasn't been three months. Well, we need this. Well, actually, you didn't, you didn't send this note. Mm-hmm. Or we didn't know this about him. And so they're constantly changing the, the criteria, moving the goalposts in the background. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we can't, just like you as a patient can't keep up with who's in network, I can't keep up with their policies either. Right. Right. So I do what I think is best. So that's where the frustration comes in. Frequently. Yeah. And then in lieu, while you're going through this back and forth, the patient is in pain. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, and, and I, you know, I'm all, and I just got, why well, I got you, like I said, this, you know, another question I had before going on. Um, torn meniscus. Mm-hmm. They don't really do surgeries for that. A lot of times they always tell you to do rehab. Mm-hmm. Why is that? When, the surgery is available in mm-hmm. most cases. That's a good question. That's a good question. So the treatment of a meniscus depends on the type and how bad of a tear it is. Okay. Right. So the meniscus, you know, it's like that shock absorber in between the joint. Right. All right. And so you can have a little tear in it where the tear hasn't moved, where mm-hmm. it's staying in place. In most cases, rehab is fine for that. For most mm-hmm. people, they'll be fine. You could have a meniscus tear where it's flipped out of place where it's actually jammed up into the knee, keeps it from moving, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, mm-hmm. that's when surgery is usually the way to go. Okay. Now, the caveat to that is if you have someone who's younger, right, so like a child, you don't want to leave their meniscus out. You tend to fix those. Right. All right. Or if you have an acute injury, mm-hmm. I fell and I tore my meniscus. 
I was playing ball, I tore my meniscus. You're more inclined to do surgery then. Okay. But some people get meniscus tear just from life, just from us wear and tear. We're day to day, right? And then over time, it wears away and it starts to tear. Mm -hmm. In most of those cases, we call that degenerative tear of the okay. meniscus. Yeah. In most of those cases, really all you need is rehab. Okay. So there is a disconnect there. It depends on the type of meniscus tear. Okay. Okay. I like that. Yeah. And you know what? And this is the and the big thing I wanted to ask you uh, um, in regards to this, Doc. How do you feel about these normal tech recovery systems? How's that? Like like those those like those pods that you people put it those boots that you put on. Well, the cryo and all that. Yeah, the cryotherapy yeah. and the, the the normal tech system where they I guess it's like a, a for blood circulation. Yeah. Yeah. How do you what what do you recommend? Do you do y'all recommend those as kind of like a therapy stuff like that? Yeah, I wouldn't say I have like a real medical recommendation about those. Okay. No, I've seen I've seen people feel better. Mm -hmm. After doing that, I think there's definitely some science supporting compression and yeah, cryotherapy yeah, and, you know, ice therapy and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Now, in terms of, you know, paying all that every single time, you know, I guess, you know, that's buyer beware. You know, you got to decide if that's worth it to you. Mm -hmm. um, how much better is that than putting ice packs on? I don't know. Right. Yeah. But see, there we it, go. It, that, yeah. I don't know. Right. But I think there's definitely a benefit to it, you know, in certain situations. Yeah, because a lot of people, because like I say, you, everybody you're used to those ice packs, then those heating pads, but then you can just put that boot on and let the thing go and stuff like that's the big thing. And that's in, right. In, yeah, so I just kind of want to know kind of what you guys think about stuff like that. Oh yeah, let me put this yeah. out there real quick. Virginia, this is not medical advice. Oh, okay. like, yeah. Medical yeah. issue. Yeah. You need to go talk to your medical profession. <laughs> Professional. This is not medical advice. Yeah, this don't be strictly, saying it's strictly for educational and entertainment purposes. Thank yeah, because I want you to say that I saw somebody on Paul and he said this and this that. Yeah, thank you, Doctor, for clearing it yeah. up. Yeah, just we, to make uh, that clear. Yeah, these yeah. are simply my opinions. These are only opinions. These are not. <laughs> Hey, Wood, he, he had to put that out there, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. We got to yeah, make sure everybody covered, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got to make sure we cover. We don't want y'all coming out the doctor. Oh, we ain't, we ain't got time for that. Right. <laughs> no, definitely that. But no, Doc, I, I, I appreciate you you being here, man. Yeah. Like, just, you know, for me, just just generally just asking some questions. It's not like we sit around and we talk to sports doctors or any doctors all the time mm -hmm. and then trying to get a try to hold up a doctor in general is just kind of like, you know, mm. pulling teeth sometimes. So, you know, but, um, no, I, I, I don't, I don't have any more questions. You, any, you guys got any questions in regards to something that y'all might want to throw out there or something, you know, before I, you know, close up shop. Nah, I'm good. Okay. I, I just, anything that's pop up and I just do that. Um, anything you might want to go over, doctor, we might didn't even cover stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, we covered a lot of it, man. I would say the thing, you know, the take home, I would say, you know, is health equals power. That's what I say. Yes. Or you might see on my Instagram, you know, level the playing field. Right. Mm -hmm. And what I'm saying with that is, you know, we need to create a situation where everybody gets access to care. Right. And access to care means seeing your doctor, but it also means the knowledge. It means the knowledge of what's going on with the body. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're trying to create a situation where we can create more kind of knowledgeable content on Instagram. Right now, I'm working with a medical illustrator. Um, shout out to Periscope uh, Illustrations, LLC. We're working on making some educational illustrations. Mm -hmm. We'll throw up on Instagram that you can easily access, make it real accessible. Mm -hmm. Just to understand the basics. Now, I'm not saying you got to go to med school, right? right? But to understand this is what the, this is the ACL, this is what it does. Mm -hmm. This is what an ACL tear might look like. This is when you should be concerned about one, mm -hmm. right? 
And then you have the knowledge to ask the right questions, mm -hmm. right? You have the knowledge that, and therefore the power to have control over your situation. Mm -hmm. The other thing I'll add is that there's nothing wrong with ever getting a second opinion. There we go. Got to get a second opinion. And, you know, even if your second opinion is against my first opinion, I don't, you know, you do what you got to do, right? Mm -hmm. I see all too often people go see a doctor and say, well, this doc said this, so I'm doing that. And that might be fine. That might be the right recommendation. Mm -hmm. It might be the right recommendation. But if it doesn't make sense to you, right, you should be in the driver's seat. If it doesn't make sense to you, there's nothing wrong with doing your own research, getting a second opinion. Mm -hmm. And that first doctor could be very well telling you the truth. I'm not right. saying anything about anything else. But, you know, I see too often young athletes who say, oh, well, my team doctor said X, Y, Z, and so I got to do this. Just to explain to you, at the high school level, your team doctor all that means is that doctor's practice pays your high school via a contract or has a contract in agreement with said high school. Y'all hear this, right? That's all that means. Same thing at college, mm -hmm. at the college level. At the college level, that team doctor is a part of some organization, be there a hospital mm -hmm. or a, you know, a, a surgeon group like my own mm -hmm. that has paid or made an agreement with said school mm -hmm. to pay a sponsorship to make themselves a team doctor. So if their school says they do this, that's what they're going to do, right? That's right. So that does not mean that you're, they're your doctor, right? They can be, mm -hmm. and they may be excellent. They're excellent team doctors, right? Mm -hmm. But if something's not making sense, you're not feeling it. Mm -hmm. There was absolutely nothing wrong with saying, hey, I want to see somebody else and see what the situation might be, see what their opinion is. Mm -hmm. All right. So question, where comes this median where a Dr. O says is this? And then you got Dr. B that may say it's this. Mm -hmm. Where, and and you're stuck with those two different opinions. Yeah. How does the patient proceed? That would be totally up to them. Or do he say, hey, Dr. O, would you mind talking to Dr. B? And y'all kind of get together and see what would the best care be? How does that typically work? Yeah, sometimes we do that. Sometimes okay. we do that. Yeah. So, you know. Doctors like anybody else, man. There are doctors who, you know, are team players. Mm -hmm. There are doctors who are not team players, right? Mm -hmm. But a lot of us are. So, you know, we'll talk to, if I have a case and I'm like, hmm, I'm thinking I should do this, but, you know, I want to see what one of my colleagues thinks. It's nothing to go ask them, hey, what would you, you know, take a look at these MRI images. What do you think about this? Mm -hmm. Am I thinking about this the right way? Mm -hmm. Two has a better than one, right? Right. So it might be, you know, Dr. A and B get together and think and say, well, this is the course, right? Mm -hmm. But sometimes Dr. A is saying something out of left field, mm -hmm. right? And it doesn't make sense to you. Right. Some medicine just doesn't make sense. So it might be right and just not make sense. But the point is you got to make it make sense to you. Mm -hmm. So when I break it down for a patient, I try to make sure I made it make sense to them. Right. right? We, we talk about ACLs. We're still talking about them, right? So ACLs are cable. Holds your knee stable. Mm -hmm. I'm going to rebuild your cable mm -hmm. so the knee, knee sit, stays stable, mm -hmm. right? I give them an information packet, but you're welcome to go online, right? There are studies about ACL surgery. You can learn about the technique. You can even watch videos about it mm -hmm. if you really want to know the details, right? But it's got to make sense to you. Mm -hmm. What you don't want to do is have someone do something to you and then years later be like, well, they did something to me, but I don't know what it was. And they said, I need a surgery, but I don't know why. You don't, <laughs> you don't, want, don't let that happen to you. And it's not people's fault because they get right. just pushed through the system. It's like they say, hey, you need surgery, go ahead and show up here and we're going to do this to you and blah, blah, blah. No, no. So you need to make sure you're demanding that information. You need to understand it's got to make sense to you. Right. If that's your left knee, that's your only left knee. Right. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, you need to make sure it makes sense to you. And if it doesn't, that's when you start doing your own research. And that's mm -hmm. where you say, hey, I need a second opinion. Yeah, dude, like, dude, some doctors get offended when you say second opinion. I mean, oh, I know yeah. you can't speak for everybody. But typically, 
do like people feel some type of way like, oh, you don't want to, you know, like listen to my medical expert opinion, you know? Well, yeah. No, I think there's some personal feelings. I mean, remember we talked about this. Like, I spent 13 years trying to learn how to do this, right? right. Yeah. So, I mean, someone says, well, I, you know, I want to kind of see what somebody else thinks. Yeah, I think that there's some personal feelings you might feel. There's a natural competitiveness a lot of us have, right? right? Yeah, right. I mean, it's natural. But ultimately, that's not in your best interest as a patient, right? Right. So, my, frankly, my feelings, you know, you can put that to the side. It ain't really about me. Yeah. Because, see, we don't want to be like food. You know, if, yeah. I tell, if I go and I order a steak and right. the steak ain't right, then I send it back. I'm thinking in the back of my head, man, you know what? I should have did that because they might put some in my food. Right. <laughs> so, so that's why I'm kind of thinking like that. Say it's true. And I'm like, oh, good okay. side up. <laughs> right. That, that, that's just me. So I'm like, uh, do I really want to go be nasty to this person? I want to be nice, you know what I'm saying? But I'm like, hey, Doc. What you said don't make sense, but uh, you know, you know, Danny, I don't want you to be like halfway work on my knee. You know, nah. I don't know how to do stuff like that. But I'm just yeah, saying yeah, that's yeah. just how my mind works, you know. So again, oh, yeah. that's just my mind. Well, yeah, we created this kind of like ivory tower around medicine. We're like, you know, you can't question the doctor. You can't. Mm -hmm. I mean, look, man, if someone comes and works on your house. You may not have the same expertise. In right. HVAC, right? Right. But if I come in and my house is still cold in the winter and you done came and worked on it, right. I'm going to have some cold. Well, have some <laughs> like, bro, make this make sense. <laughs> like, wait a minute, man. This thing ain't pumping no heat, right, man. What's right, going right, on, right. man? Right, right. And I they, can't I, fix it, but I know this ain't right. Yeah. Right. Right. So. Okay. Yeah, and, and that's simple. That makes yeah. sense, you know. But there's some of that complicated stuff. I'm just like, oh, I don't know, you know. But no, you're right. You should have a second opinion if you don't feel comfortable about something. That's right. just... That really should just common sense. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know. So you can question it. So, yeah, if they feel some type of way, then maybe you need to go see somebody else and yeah. get a third opinion. And maybe you get with the second and third doctor instead of the first. Right, right. You and know. some things are just a vibe thing, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean Dr. A is bad or whichever, right? Right. You might just vibe with a certain doctor. And that right. might just be. Because remember, like, if you have surgery, if you need surgery, that's like a marriage. You're with that doctor for a while. Right, because you have to go through all that rehab. You're gonna be seeing them at intervals, months, mm -hmm. sometimes years afterwards. Like that's a relationship that you formed. Mm -hmm. So you're going on a journey with somebody, and so someone might be good at all the technical details, right? Mm -hmm. But if they're not somebody you vibe with, you might just need to see someone who you do vibe with. And there's nothing wrong with that. Okay, see, you y'all you, can get this right because yeah. this is all valuable information. I want y'all to know that if y'all ain't know this stuff, y'all heard it from Ball in the VA. Yeah, yeah, that's okay? it. That's it. Because you know, because some of the stuff, you know, like. You, you would think, like, well, I can get a doctor off a of vibe. You know, just simple stuff like that. It, it sounds crazy, but it yeah. makes sense. Right. Yeah, yeah see. Yeah. See? Man, we're good. Yeah, man. Straight knowledge, man. Yeah. Bar, bars this, out here. And this is why we're here. Knowledge yeah. is power. This is, this is <laughs> yes, exactly why we're here today. No, doc, I, I, I thank you, man, because, like you said, no, first, before I go in there, can you let everybody know to find you on Instagram? Like your handle, Instagram? Oh, yeah, handle? yeah. So, Dr. O... Wait, let me look at it real quick. Yeah. Where's the underscore at? Yeah, Dr. Score. I think it's Dr. O. Dr. O underscore, underscore for the 804. Yeah, yeah. for the 804. That's for the 804. That's yeah. right. So y'all yeah. follow Dr. O. And I'm sure if y'all have any questions, is it okay to DM you if they have any questions or anything like that? You can DM me a general question. I cannot give you medical advice on Instagram. There you go. However, I can help direct you to the right way to get the information. So you can either call my office and we can talk that way you could come into the office or we could set up a phone call or something okay yeah. 
See, I'm ready to mess them all up. I'm telling people to DM them. You probably gonna have all 30, 40 DMs and yeah. stuff. Have the people. Well, see you this. can DM me to get started. We can take it from there. But I cannot give medical advice via Instagram. I can't right. do that. Yeah, we can't do that. So y'all hear this? So don't be trying to get trying to take the cheap way. Y'all be asking, man, just say he can't do it. But no, Doc, I, I really appreciate you know, your knowledge and everything, man, and especially for what you you've done for me and, and my team here. Um, I thank you so much, man, because yes, this has just been so much so fun. It, it, like I feel like one of them test dummies. Like I don't know, but I'm just going to ask the question anyway. No questions. So there's a dumb question, right? Oh no! Come on, we're just talking, bro. Right, right. Yeah, I, yeah, I appreciate yeah. you having me, man. It's a blessing, man. Yeah, no, Absolutely. I appreciate it. Yeah. No, um, like I said, I just want to wrap it up because I don't really have anything else to cover. Yeah. I know we probably missed out on a couple of things, and I and I want you to be able to come back anytime you say, "Hey, man, I have some things I want to share." You have a seat, you know, Doc, you get an instant. So if you say you want to come here on Tuesday, we got you a seat on Tuesday. Okay, all right. Yeah, we can bring some info, man. We can bring some models. We can look over some yeah. you know, parts of the knee. You know, we can make it fun. Oh, that'd be fun, man. Yeah, we could like go yeah. science class, man. Yeah, Let's bro. Shout out to Miss yeah. Cook and Kennedy, man. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, for real, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm into stuff like that. I'm yeah. weird, you know. I, people, like, you know, I'm into, like, I'm not into the everything else. People in like like say for instance like everybody like Marvel comics. I'm a Star Wars guy. Okay, so that that's just me. So I'm oh, probably gonna be okay. over to your left. Yeah, I'm a Star Wars guy. Wait, you prequel, a sequel, a original trilogy? I, I like the original tr yeah. uh, trilogy, but yeah. then when it goes, but then I guess I say forward, but it go back when they went back and show how Anakin Skywalker mm -hmm. started. See that got me. I can sit there. Don't call me when 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 how does it? Star Wars come on? The Empire Strikes Back. The Revenge of the uh, I mean, turn the Jedi, then they go to the Phantom Menace yeah. and all that stuff. If that's coming on on Sunday, don't call me. Uh, that's it. I'm turning the that's phone the off. It's going to be on Do Not Disturb. You might not hear me to tomorrow. I will oh, sit there and watch boy. all of now it. You got me talking about Star Wars, man. Look, man, the way the prequels are set up, I know people had things to say about it, man, but it is the most beautiful, like, Shakespearean, you yeah. know, design. How Anakin starts as this little boy with no you know, agency, right? No, man, he's, he's, he's enslaved when he starts. Yeah. He gets all the power in the universe and then ends up a slave to his emotions at the end. Yeah. Right. It's Shakespearean. It's crazy. Man, it's crazy. Yeah. So I tell people, I, I quote stuff, and they be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I be like, I, I can't get into Captain America and all of that oh, stuff. Oh, no. I, I, I try to watch it, yeah. and, it and, and the graphics and everything is cool. But I am Star Wars to, to, <laughs> today, man. I'm just like, just give me Han Solo, <laughs> Rise of Skywalker, all of that stuff, yeah, man. I okay. just, you know, I, I'm just oh. into all that stuff. All right. So when I'm in the house, and it, that do not, I, I'm telling you, it be coming on at one o'clock in the morning, TBS. I got it down to a sign. Yeah. Don't call me. Yeah. I won't, uh, 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 I will miss, I will, I will miss sleep. Yeah. To watch it over, yeah. Well, May Fourth is coming up, isn't that Star Wars Day? May. Oh yeah, yeah. They, May the Force be with you. Yep, yeah, yep. yeah. My birthday May third, so you. Oh, know see, it was meant to be. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to tell y'all. Star Wars in the house. Sorry for the Marvel people, the DC comic people. I ain't with y'all. Sorry. That's <laughs> just where that is what it is. <laughs> yeah, man. But Doc, we appreciate you, man. Yes, Thank sir. you for coming on. Man. My pleasure, man. Blessings. Yes, man. Yes, appreciate sir. You, man. you don't know what you yeah. have done for us. Keetwan, Tone, thank y'all, man. Thank y'all so much for everything y'all do. Because if it won't for, for just me having y'all on the show, man, I wouldn't have met Dr. O. And I, I don't know what to say, man. I just wish my grandparents was here to, to see where I came from, man. Because, again, mm -hmm. they probably say, boy, I'm proud of you. But I just didn't. <laughs>
it's just a little old ball of the VA. <laughs> That's right, bro. Yep. So uh, from Dr. O, from my man, you know, Wood Johnson here, from my production manager, Ray, and everybody at Morrisette Media, I want to say we are out. Oh.